This week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, helping podcasters get their shows off the ground and running at a low, low cost. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today to get started. Hit up the contact us section, fill out your information, and your show could be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast platforms in no time. It's professional-sounding podcast production done the right way at a low rate without you ever having to think about any of the production stuff you don't have to learn how to edit you don't have to learn how to get your show wherever you need it to get to all you have to do is sign up with pretty easy podcasts worry about the content worry about being creative and doing your show your way go to prettyeasypodcast.com. is the future this is not the past the new xfl will kick off in 2020 it's still football but it's professional football reimagined this is our moment our story to tell this is history begun this is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of July 7th, 2019. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. The team name's anticipation is at a fever pitch. And we're stopping the clock at every play in the final two minutes of each half. This is episode 76, the comeback period. And oh my, oh my, don't call it a comeback, Bryant, because we've been here all week. I feel like I've been talking XFL every day this week, either on our Patreon or, or you know, prepping for the show this week. It's been nonstop, even in a holiday week. Alan, I was talking to the missus and telling her, hey, what are we going to do for breakfast on Sunday? And then I realized that it wasn't Sunday quite yet. We've been talking so much football for this last seven days that it was a week's worth, I thought at least. Uh, it's been a holiday week, but definitely not on the on the football side, at least not on the XFL side. Plenty to talk about, plenty to get to. Uh, it's, it's, it's what America was built on, I guess, is football now. Add that yes. to, the, to, the, to the Constitution. <laughs> it is our passion, and we love it, and we know you do too. Seven two four five six five. For XFL, if you ever want to talk football and be be heard on the show, you're allowed to call into the XFL fan line anytime. Highly encourage that. Uh, last week was a doozy uh, in Tampa Bay. 150 players or so were there for the summer showcase, and we have St. Louis coming up on July 13th, the eighth and final stop on the showcase tour, and uh, and then we'll be all wrapped up and then zooming into some key dates and yes, those team names that we're going to talk about, Brian. Alan, somebody asked me if you and I are okay after the rough week we had last week leading up to, to last week's show, just about the whole tier one uh, quarterback conversation. I told them we're fine. It's all friendly. Uh, it's all fair and love and football, right? So it's, it's, yes, it's it, a good, we're fine. It's a good, crisp friendship, and we're fine. <laughs> it's all good. It's a, uh, when, and especially when the league starts, we're both going to be cheering for the XFL LA. We've picked our teams, and we're going to be on the same page. For sure, and then uh, you're right. This this <laughs> right. Uh, this show is dedicated to a lot of the team names. We're finally getting to it. We are taking a break uh, in the uh, summer showcases, probably because of the holiday. At least the XFL's decision to do so. But uh, we're gonna throw in some some good insight that we got uh, about man comebacks, comebacks, baby. Yes, the comeback period. We're gonna talk all about it in this week's hot read. Uh, we've got team names coming up in our cover too. But remember, you can interact with us as a lot of you did after last week's show. At XFL Show, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, checking in on Bryant and I arguing over quarterback t- uh, quarterback <laughs> signings. Um, and you know what we don't disagree on is uh, the St. Louis team. I don't think either of us uh, are, are fans of them. We're, we're labeling them as our rivals, even though it doesn't geographically make sense. L.A. and St. Louis Bryant but good news for the Lou this week they got themselves a wide receiver coach a lot of people were recognized Oz Zahir Hakeem the former St. Louis Isaac Ram Bruce. who no not Isaac Bruce the uh the return <laughs> man that played with him uh you, you used to cheer for this guy he was also uh the same position a wide receiver coach in the AAF with the San Diego fleet so coach Hayes filling out his uh, coaching staff there yeah, it's 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 the one that's trailing. He's really had no uh, n- no names 
a name to his coaching staff. He he has a defensive coordinator, his brother, except that Hakeem. <laughs> yeah, no offensive coordinator. Uh, no, no offensive coordinator. Uh, his staff is slowly coming together. I also believe St. Louis were they the last ones to name their president, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, and they're the last ones to have a summer showcase. So uh, it could be interesting by July 13th. uh, You know, Kevin Gilbride held a showcase with New York not having an offensive coordinator, so maybe Coach Hayes will do the same because he could end up calling a lot of his own plays, having been a part of that very complicated offense with the Bengals. Maybe he's going to take the play-calling duties like we assume Kevin Gilbride will for – New York there in St. Louis, Coach Hayes and St. Louis getting ready for the last summer showcase. I can't wait. And then it's all and then players yeah. get signed after that. <laughs> That's the plan at least uh shortly after that I would think uh, no more showcases, we're done with that. They have one more uh stint with the the Spring League in late July. And then it's finalizing that rule book and getting ready for the cuts that happen August 31st. Uh, that's what's going to happen with the XFL. So it's, it's the the calendar's uh, getting smaller. Everything's kind of becoming a lot more crunched, and hopefully they uh, they they solve this quickly. Yes, it's going to be uh, k- kind of coming at everybody real quick. All these important dates with signings and uh, announcements. Oh, those team name announcements. Let's get to those in just one moment. We promise. Uh, just want to let everyone know again at XFL Show if you want to respond to. Anything we say ever on the show, or if you have a topic idea, or if you have anything uh, that you think we should touch upon, whatever the case may be, at XFL shows where you find us on any social media of your choice. And uh, hey, also hope everyone had a happy Fourth of July, Brian. I know I did. I was actually up. We did. We did uh, this week's Patreon show, right? I was up in a cabin in on a mountain, and because I was on a mountain, I could look out and I saw like eight different cities fireworks. It was amazing. So I had a great fourth. I hope you did too. <laughs> I did, man. Steaks and, and, and gaining weights is what I did all, all <laughs> with the July yes. week. Uh, week. Uh, it, was, it was a great uh, no fireworks slip by these hands. Uh, they're too important nowadays, but uh, no, definitely had a, a great fourth of July and hope everyone did too. Safe out there, especially. Yes, absolutely. Now this week on Patreon... Brian, it, it was a doozy, especially when you got the interview we're going to play on this week's show. Uh, that went to Patreon immediately as soon as we finished the interview, and that's the beauty of being a patron. You get early access to stuff, early access to the full show, immediate access to interviews, and also we had a fun not-XFL show this week, kind of talking some fantasy football, a lot going on on the Patreon. Alan, if you are not a patron, you're listening to this show right now. It is July 7th. That interview was posted on July 1st, so you could have had some full insight on that. Uh, Alan, you and Vince went through every single quarterback in the National Football League and how they could fit for uh, the XFL. It was a great week for the Patreons, so go over there, check it out. There's a lot of great extra content that we're always posting. I know we harp on it a lot here, but we really mean it. If you want some full XFL uh, discussions, find out why me and Alan were really so mad at each other last week. Uh, Not go mad. over to our Patreon. That's <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com forward slash this is the XFL show. Yes, it's the best way to ride down the road to 2020, as we say. And really, any tier of your choice, you have so many options, and every, every tier has awesome content. Uh, and really, it makes the show possible how much how much more we put into the show it's all possible because of our awesome patrons who give to the show tiers range from one dollar all the way up to 25 dollars you can pick it and enjoy some premium xfl and football content that we uh love bringing you and want to do more so go check it out like brian said patreon.com slash this is the xfl show finally it is the moment that so many people apparently on Instagram have been waiting for, Brian. This week, in this in this cover too, it is a, a kind of a two-tiered approach to what's going on with team names and identities. If you're ready, I'm ready because, you know, we've kind of... we. I, I'm not irritated with everybody being wanting the team names, right? But, I mean, we, we figured out, I think, a very... Or you figured out a very cool way on social media to approach this. I had an awesome interview earlier this week, and I think we're going to touch upon the topic in a relevant way, even though we know that this announcement isn't quite coming yet. 
Yeah, we, we approached it in two different ways. We looked at it as to how the XFL needs to approach these team names and why they're probably waiting too long. That was your end. My end was, let's talk to the fans. Let's see what they want. Uh, what do they want these team names to be? And, and, and let's get there because that's that's what has been buzzing for the, for the XFL for quite some time uh, is team names. People are waiting for these. So let, let's, let's approach this from both directions and let's see what we can get out of this. Let's rock with this week's cover, too. Going for two. Go for two and the lead. Okay, the first part of our cover, two, we're going to look at team names, team names, team names, team names, and more team names because that's all anyone on social media, at least, talks about. I, I over the holiday, you know, with friends and, and acquaintances, and I'm explaining the league and the podcast to some friends and, uh, you know, and their significant others, Bryant. And guess the first thing they asked me after I went on a passionate, rousing speech about 25-second clocks and, and comeback periods and, and cut days and shootout overtimes. You know what the first question they said after I explained all that to them was? They want to talk about the shootout overtime, obviously. No, they said, so what are the team names going to be in Seattle and Tampa Bay? That's what they asked me. So so you, you, do, you know this is what everybody wants to talk about, everybody's interested in, because it's going to not, not only – it's fun to speculate about, but I think also people are excited for the reactions to the names that are going to come out, and that's also going to be really fun. Uh, so you kind of came up with an idea to solicit the hopes and dreams for the team identities on Instagram this week, and you got a whole bunch of responses. No, tons of responses. Alan, I shared some comments with you about how people were saying it's July, where are the team names? It was July 3rd when that comment came out. People are, need to, to relax, but to, to help them, you know how sometimes you just have to like punch a pillow, you know, just to get that frustration out a little bit. Maybe it'll help ease the, the tension. Uh, that's what this was. I just wanted people to, to reach out, give what they thought the names should be, could be, what they want them to be, and in hopes that this will ease the stress and the and the anticipation of of team names actually being announced by the xfl so this is pretty cool you you made kind of a prompt it was a cool visual prompt on instagram and people could fill out the team names they wanted for each city right and i had fun doing this i don't even remember the teams i put i definitely put dallas i definitely put dallas y'all and sasquatches for seattle and and dallas but uh (laughs) And you, you got so many here, and let's give it up to Houston. They got the most responses, I guess, huh? People had the most suggestions for different team names, I guess, for the Houston team. Yeah, in, in, in Houston, uh, definitely, you know, I think they had over 30 names discussed on, on Instagram that people brought up. That wasn't – there was a lot of duplicates, people uh, – saying hurricanes was one of the bigger ones roughnecks too or or one of the bigger ones alan if you look at this list that i put in front of you what i'm looking at it yep that stand out to you oh so yeah looking at it i like hogs is really good um night riders is really cool especially if you could get david hasselhoff to be there at the first home game with kit i'm all for the night riders i would love astronauts or cosmos but i don't know it's it's just not as good as astros I mean, they've got the coolest, you know, NASA-related name. So maybe go towards something more like Rattlesnakes or Roughnecks. Those are the two that stand out the most to me. I like Rattlesnakes, and I like Roughnecks for Houston. But I like... you got a bunch here. Someone even said Fury. Uh, that's a Seattle trademark, people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did like... Uh, one of the ones I liked the most was Gunrunners, but I know that's not going to be a thing. Uh, the Houston Gamblers too sounded really cool, just just in that sense. But uh, uh, do you take some of these names that are were, that were in the uh, AAF? We'll see some later on. But they had the Apollos in there. Uh, nah. It makes sense. I mean, that's where a lot of no, you're not a big fan of that one. Nah. How about the Moonshots? Is that the one I wrote? <laughs> I think I, I put that one. I think that's know. the one I put. I like the Moonshots. <laughs> <laughs> the moonshots. Uh, I mean, that's you actually did that one. It's great because obviously, yes, it was you, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, you know, the Apollo missions go to the moon, but also it's got a subtle uh, second meaning because Warren Moon was a Houston Oiler. I like moonshots. Oh, there you go. That's, uh, what, the generals sounds pretty good. Brahma Bulls. Someone brought up I think as uh, uh, to the rock, right? Uh, that's a little mm-hmm. bit there. Uh, you know, there were some good ones in there. I, I like the alliteration that I saw with the Houston Hustle. If they're going to go with that kind of like little, you know, monikers and Pretty stuff cool. like that. But yeah, it's more like a basketball yeah, team good ones in there. name to me. 
I know Vince were here. If Vince were here, he would say oil diggers is his favorite, or just diggers. (laughs) Diggers. There you go. Were there mining in Houston? Well, it's you know big oil town, so it's uh, okay. So maybe not cutting in. Well, then the next one we had Texas tea into the ground. The next one we had up was Dallas. Uh, you know, some more responses there, Alan. I think I think we all know which one you've been clamoring for since the oh. very beginning, and that's just Dallas, y'all. Uh, it seems like I want to pull out there by like a wide margin as well. Um, but I like Outlaws. If they're gonna bring one back, I mean, the Dallas Outlaws sounds really cool to me. I don't know why, but it does. I I like Destroyers is on here. Someone put that. That's a good one. It's very cool. That's a, a great Kiss album, Destroyer. Um, also, you got alliteration. Shout out to uh, Eddie who came up with Whataburgers on Instagram. I saw that. Uh, you got to you got to get a you got a corporate sponsor there as well. I think Whataburger just went like national or got bought they by just, a, they just sold a big company. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they just sold. Um, um, Dallas Dingoes is also a uh, very cool. I like that. One. Like dingoes, yeah. uh, the desperados too. It was kind of cool. Pretty, uh, I like that one as well. Uh, there, there's some interesting names in here. The Dallas mm, skyline, I guess. There's vaqueros. A lot of that Spanish cool. English, yeah, uh, the, the Spanish, the Spanglish type ones. Because I guess it's vaqueros, but vaqueros would, would be the one that you say it in English. So yeah, there's some good. some good names in there. I'm trying Those to remember exactly what we decided on. I don't know, well. but I'm looking, at LA, I'm looking at LA. I'm looking. I'm looking ahead at LA actually, and. Oh my, these are bad. <laughs> Moving on. Oh my, these are bad. <laughs> these are the LA, LA, the LA team names are really bad. I think we're just we're gonna have to just settle for extreme. Hopefully, just the original it name can't be anything else. Sp- I mean, LA Quakes maybe are the only other ones you could probably do. Um, yeah. Wasn't that a team? San Jose Wasn't that Quakes? a San Jose yeah, MLS? Yeah, yeah, MLS there. Um, <laughs> the aftershocks? Uh, I don't know about that one. No. Uh, yeah, I think Ain't you have to go with put... extreme. I just don't see what else you can go with here. Did do you, did Bill Dance get in on this? Because someone put angler fish. Someone's a big fisherman <laughs> voted, voting on here. No, not a lot of good suggestions for LA. Tampa Bay got some all right ones. Uh, Tampa Bay Blackbeards is amazing. Tampa I like that Bay, one. That was my Tampa favorite. Bay that might have been my favorite suggestion. <laughs> Tampa Bay Tuna. Uh, the Blackbeards would have been my favorite suggestion of all eight teams. Uh, that one was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> although the Tampa Bay Florida men, that's, that's a pretty good one too. I think we, we, <laughs> that might be up there. It might have to be up there. Uh, Alan, uh, Tampa Bay Bandits is the one that everybody was kind of clamoring for as well. Uh, Rebels kind of falls within that a, a little bit, I would assume too. Cannons was kind of cool because that's your homage to your to your pirates and battleships and things like that. So that might not be too bad. Well, we're going to get into one of those names, the Bandits, which was the USFL team, legendary, I think, team uh, identity uh, for the Tampa Bay USFL team. And we're talking to trademark lawyer Josh Gerben coming up. That's the interview I had earlier in the week. And I definitely made sure to ask him about a team name like the Tampa Bay Bandits, one that's established, has obviously an older fan base of the USFL uh, in the 80s, but still has legs and people recognize it. And names like that, if they're still usable for the XFL, if maybe that might be the Tampa Bay team name. Although if it's not, I really want it to be Bandits, but the more I think about it, Blackbeards or Tuna are also very good options. These are so good. <laughs> tuna? That... I don't know about Tuna, but Blackbeards <laughs> I think is definitely, that's a good one. I like Blackbeards. Now, is that yeah. a Disney character in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Blackbeard? I mean, I'm sure he's in one of the movies, but he's, you know, long before Disney. Blackbeard's a, a real-life legend. Okay, so then maybe, so then no squash there with Disney. You don't want to make the ESPN mad, right? No, right before yeah. you make the kickoff. Um, t- Tampa Bay Tuna, and then you could have Bill Parcells as your mascot. Uh, Seattle has <laughs> some good ones. I like Seattle Caffeine. <laughs> 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 Seattle oh, Typh- yeah. Seattle Typhoons is pretty good, although that's not one of the trademarked. Um, Seattle Grunge, it looks like. Seattle Rain, Seattle Spartans, Seattle Surge, and uh, Neon Knights, really good one. Um, Seattle Sluggers, that's a baseball thing, though. That would that wouldn't make sense for a football team, would it? Seattle Serpents. What's the Seattle Serpents? I like that one. 
Do you think one of the five <sighs> trademarks names – did we go over this last week that I asked you this? Do you think one of those five trademark names are, is going to be the name of the Seattle team? I don't know if you actually asked me that question. I would say yes. I'm going to say yes. Did you listen to my interview we're going to play here with Josh Gerben, attorney at law? I did. He kind of has me leaning towards no, and you'll hear why. But very interesting. Um, Seattle has a bunch of good potential names, I think, even more than the five that were trademarked. St. Louis – uh, you could do a lot there as well. Stallions has been a popular one. Um, you got here. Stallions is there, I see. Uh, Clydesdales, really good one. Um, I like that. Asteroids. Movie. Ooh, Asteroids would actually be pretty good for Houston. Houston? Yeah, I like no, that. That's, that's not too bad. Yeah, that's actually good. Uh, yeah, you also have St. Louis um, Archers like for the St. Louis Arch. Spartans was kind of cool. Silverbacks. Now, what is a silverback? It's a gorilla. Hmm. It's a type of gorilla. Are there a lot of gorillas gorilla. native to St. Louis? Don't think so. I mean, maybe, maybe in the zoo. Maybe you got. Maybe I don't know. It's a cool name. And Second it's biggest a, it's zoo in the world, by the way, in St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. Well, they definitely have to have some silverbacks there. Um, here's the city with the least amount of suggestions. D.C. Not a lot of of options here. My my suggestion of crooks is not there. But I do see Warbirds, which is pretty good. I like that, actually. Uh, and Sentinels, which is all right to me. Seattle Sentinels would be all right. Uh, which one do you like in D.C.? I like I like Sentinels. That one's pretty good. The D.C. Federals. Hmm. I don't know if I like it, putting it all together. I kind of like them just Federals. But uh, Revolution was always one, but I think that's a um, the New England Revolution, so I don't know if that one can be used. Yeah, Liberty, Liberty is the is New York a WNBA, WNBA team. Yeah. yeah, Warbirds is pretty cool. I like that one. Now I don't know if they want War associated with any other team names. What about DC um, Blue Angels? You saw the <laughs> planes that fly over overhead uh, at sport, sporting events. Blue Angels. I feel like there'd be some trademark issues there with that one, unless you got them on board. Um, I. I did like Bandits for DC if that was not a Tampa Bay name just because of the, the... What about the DC Stars and Stripes? I put that one on there just because I saw it. I didn't know what to think about it, Alan. The Stars and Stripes of DC. No, you can't have two logos or two two mascots or two names. It's only one. That's the rule. Jake would be very mad if you if you suggested <laughs> that. That's very out of the norm. This ends with stars an S, Two S's. and Stripes. You can't be something and something as a team. Right. Uh, which one, then that has me asking which players on the team are stars and which are stripes. <laughs> but I mean, if team have two primary colors, why can't they have two primary names? I don't know. You're making my head explode. And then the suggestions for <laughs> New York that we got, uh, we've got New York, uh, Minutemen, Freedom, Empire, Empires, uh, Blizzards, Skyscrapers, Hitmen, and Avengers. Was it Avengers, the L.A. Arena like team? Uh, it was the L.A. Arena team. I like Empire, though. That, that's Empire was, I'm pretty fitting. sure way back when we did a whole show about team names, you know, just speculating and throwing names out there. And I think a consensus might have been the Empire among ourselves, at least. I don't I don't remember clearly, though. Do you remember that? I, I want to say it was Empire because it's just too good not for it to be Empire. Um, and the no S. Just the New York Empire. Um, also, right. honorable, yeah, just just and we can't have multiple empires in one state. That's chaos. <laughs> um, <laughs> honorable mention to L.A. traffic. Just saw that suggestion there as well. <laughs> These were all via Instagram. <laughs> Bryant's elaborate, uh, el- elaborate. Um, what do you call it? What would you call this thing? Campaign. Uh, to get everyone's hopes and dreams for what the team names will be. They're already picked, though, folks. You all know that the league already has these set. They're keeping them close to the vest. Nobody knows what they are. We, we're digging. We're trying to get word on what they might be. And you're about to hear an interview we did to do just that. Because even with all these suggestions, Bryant, with all the, the you know, Internet research we could do and the social media rumor and innuendo, it's still 
unclear what these team names for all eight cities are going to be. Seattle had that trademark leak last week, so we went to the guy who let every, everyone know about that, Josh Gerben, who's a trademark lawyer out of Washington, D.C. He's the one that posted on Twitter a pretty informative video explaining what the league did with their trademarks for the Seattle team. And so we reached out to him to get him on to ask him what that whole process is like and why the league would trademark those names and why the league might have been might be taking longer than we all had hoped to announce the names of these teams. Like they said, Brian, it's already July 2019. It's it's an interesting process. Your interview goes into the depths of how the process works of, of trademarking your team name, whether you actually need a trademark, whether the ramifications if you don't have a trademark, things of that nature that, that really um, kind of broaden the spectrum a little bit and how the XFL probably has either had these selected a long time ago. They either had these a long time ago or they don't care and they're going to move forward with whatever they want. Uh, it's, it's an interesting conversation. I think um, having someone with this expertise in Josh Gerben uh, helped me at least understand um, why the XFL has either waited as long as they have or um, why they haven't really made this too public to begin with. And that's the main goal here with this interview. I reached I reached out to him earlier in the week. This interview, uh, I guess, was conducted earlier this week on Monday, right, Brian? And I don't even remember when I talked to him, but I know that we got a lot of good information out of him. We wanted to get an idea of what goes into you know, making sure the league is able to name these teams, what the league's been doing, and understanding it. Obviously, he's an expert in this, but we wanted to kind of get this in layman's terms for everybody to realize what the league is doing in order to secure the team names, why it might have been taking so long, and also uh, whether or not the XFL needs to worry about uh, certain team names and what team names are on the table for them to use. And can they go out and purchase a team name that's already owned by uh, someone or some group? So we go into all of that. Um, it's I think he does a really excellent job of laying it all out there in plain English for everybody to understand. It's it might be lawyer talk here, but it is not. It's not boring. It's straight to the point, and it's very informative. So if you've been wondering everything that goes on and and goes into the team naming process for the XFL, I think we get a good glimpse of what that might be from. Attorney Josh Gerben, founder of the Gerben Law Firm. Here's our interview with him earlier in the week. Josh Gerben, founder of the Gerben Law Firm, a trademark law firm, keeping an eye on, well, things the XFL's doing in regards to the team names and who else knows what. They, they got a lot of stuff they have to pin down building this league. And Josh, you had a really informative video based on the Seattle names that were trademarked for the XFL. We had the Surge, the Force, the Dragons, the Fury, and the Wild. We discussed it on our show last week. How does this process work for the XFL and how do you come across these filings? Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me. Um, the the filings that were made by the XFL were made based on what's called an intent to use uh, with the trademark office. And, and what that means is that they can get these filings in and secure a priority date as of the filing date for these names um, as then the process would unfold as to the final selection of a name. So presuming that they've whittled it down to these five names and they just weren't sure yet, or maybe they're trying to throw people off the trail of the exact name and wanted to get some protection in place, that is typically why you would make you know filings at this stage. Um, but of course, we've only seen filings through the entity um, with the trademark office for the Seattle names and none of the other teams at this point. So there's a, there's a lot of gamesmanship that might be going into this, you know, trying to throw fans and maybe competitors off the scent of what the team name is. Also, it's a it, it's got it's got to be a, a complicated process. I mean, fans would believe because they've been clamoring for names. Josh, anytime we do any kind of content, the first thing anybody asks, even if it's not related to team names, is where are the team names? Is this the most complicated part of? of the team building process you think for the XFL? And if so, what makes trademarking a team name and identity so difficult? Well, I think the, certainly it's a major part of the process, right? And anytime, you know, a, a team name, everybody's going to have an opinion on that. And, it, and it's, and, it, and I think the XFL has in the past had, 
very sort of creative names and, and, and you know for example you had the uh rod smart and he hate me and and that is you know that that's always just sort of been the moniker of the xfl right so i think there's probably a decent amount of pressure on them that come up with some pretty good names here and one of the things we saw on twitter last week is once we posted this news and it started making the rounds you know on on, on everybody's uh, uh twitter feed and it was getting reposted there's a lot of a lot of opinions you know <laughs> being being put out there on, on these on these five and and i was waiting for someone to sort of do a definitive Twitter poll, although I don't think I've seen one yet. Um, but you know, perhaps the XFL is getting some you know sort of free market test by by putting these names out there and, and letting the Twitterverse sort of comment on it um, to, to get some feedback. If I wanted to announce my team name tomorrow, how long do I need to register my team name prior? So the total trademark application process typically takes between eight to ten months. It's a very long process. Um, what will happen is once you submit an application like the XFL did, it takes about four months for the U.S. government uh, agency here, the United States Patent and Trademark Office, to pick up and even review the filing. So the idea in, again, getting these filings in is you sort of reserving rights as of the filing date, but this is a very lengthy process. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, during that process, any one of these names could be refused by the government if there's a similar name out there somewhere in, in the world. So, you know, if there's another fury for a, a sports team or a football team, that could cause a conflict and prevent the XFL from ultimately, ultimately registering the names. So there is some risk in sort of starting this process sort of this late in the game in the sense that, the, you know, obviously they can do their own trademark searches and the trademark council can provide an opinion on the name, but that is not a perfect science. And so there's always going to be some risk here that any name that's chosen might have a conflict with another trademark at, at some point in the process. And so with team names, if Seattle is the only franchise where we have seen trademark filings, how, how could the other seven names be getting team names if there's nothing filed uh, yet? Is that, is, do you think they're just being counseled on other names that they think they're going to be cleared on? Or how, how would that work if you're saying this process takes eight months and they're planning on, they're telling fans, announcing team names within the next month? Absolutely. So you are not required under any law in the United States to have a federally registered trademark to use a particular name, whether it be for a clothing brand or for a football team. And so they can certainly move forward with the selection of the names and using the names in the marketplace and you know, playing games under the team names that are not yet federally registered. Uh, they'll have the pending applications and go through that process during the course of of the coming year. Um, and that is just sort of the risk in starting the naming or, you know, getting the names filed for trademarks so late in the game, you know, they could have filed the trademarks, let's say back in January and already had a lot of the process complete and had some certainty around how the government was going to handle their applications. But because they are waiting until the last minute to make any trademark filings and make any other type of announcement, they're going to just sort of accept that risk that as they go through the trademark process, there could be some problems in getting the registrations. Of course, there may not be. You know, we're just speculating at this stage, but that would be the, the risk you're undertaking here if you're the XFL. Okay, so and you said that the league could use one of those five names for Seattle or none of them. And in that case, what happens to the trademarks on those names? Do, does the league just hog those or do they kind of just go back into a pool and they're open again for someone else to file? So it would be the latter. In order for these names, any one of these names, to actually register as a trademark, the XFL would have to file something called a proof of commercial use. They'd have to prove to the USPTO that they're actually commercially using the name. And that goes for any trademark that's ever filed. So in this case, you're able to make the initial filing to reserve rights. But at this stage, think of it as like a, a pending trademark. Or, you know, Some people know patent pending. That's mm -hmm. some language people have heard before. So think of it like that. These are just pending applications. These are not registered trademarks at this point. So if they were to, whatever name they names they do not use, as you mentioned, they would, those, these applications would just then abandon and anybody else could theoretically pick them up and use them for a football team at some point. And the league has said that most likely the old XFL team names won't be used, that maybe one or maybe one or two of them, they haven't officially announced that yet, but could the league use their own old XFL team names or maybe perhaps USFL team names or team names from other uh, defunct spring football leagues or would those uh, create trademark issues? That's a great question. Now, as far as the old XFL names, presuming that the 
ownership of the current XFL is somewhat similar and, and perhaps owns some of the residual rights in those names, that likely is not going to be an issue. As far as other leagues um, and, and the names that might have been used in the past, um, there would be, a, in, in most cases, the XFL could probably pick up and use some of those names if they're just completely not being used anymore. Um, under trademark law, though, there is this idea of sort of residual value in any name that might have been uh, popularized at some point. And so you have to be a little careful in using you know, names from old teams that were from, from different leagues where there could be the potential for some legal claims for whoever the residual owners of those trademarks might be. So that would be something that would have to be looked at pretty carefully by the XFL's lawyers if they were going to go in that direction. And say they know the residual, you know, whoever owns the residual rights to that uh, team name, say, for instance, Tampa Bay Bandits is one that's been popular and talked about. Uh, could the XFL separately just make a deal with whoever owns that team name and identity right now before and even avoid just trademark filing it and maybe just give them some sort of kickback or a deal based on uh, you know rights? Absolutely. So trademarks are what we are actually a property right. So they're intangible property, meaning you can't hold them or mm-hmm. feel them, but they can be bought and sold or licensed. So you could easily go and, and, and purchase trademark rights from somebody. You could even license the rights, although, you know, in this case, I think the XFL would rather an outright purchase. So that would certainly be a possibility if they wanted to clear legal title to a particular name. There we go. So the Tampa Bay Bandits are still alive. For some reason, it doesn't look like I'm going to get my Seattle Sasquatches, Josh. But, oh, well, the five names that you found were pretty good. Have You, uh, you la- never know. <laughs> last, yeah. last question. Uh, if you wanted to break any news or if you've seen anything, have you seen any other XFL trademarks filed anywhere that we should be aware of? So I, I have looked to see if there's been any other names filed anywhere, because one of the things the XFL could do if they were really trying to hide the ball is they could file the names in another country first. So let's say they filed the trademarks in the UK um, and not in the US. As long as they filed the US trademarks within six months of those UK filings, uh, they would get the priority date that they got in the UK. So basically all these countries, there's a treaty that says, hey, look, if you file a a trademark in one particular country that's a member of the treaty, so long as you file it in any other treaty member within the next six months, your priority date goes all the way back to the filing date in the original country. So uh, major companies have used this tactic, like Apple uh, Computer does it a lot, where they're going to launch a new product in the U.S. and they go file a trademark in some obscure country (laughs) and nobody really sees the filing. So they can get their priority situated on the trademark without ever having to announce the name. And we've looked, we've tried to use some, you know, some technology reviews that you know, go through various databases in different countries to see if we could see if they were doing that. And we did not see anything. But if your listeners wanted to have some fun and go on a scavenger hunt, you could look at, you know, various trademark databases around the world looking for anything filed by Alpha Entertainment, which is the entity that the XFL has been using, at least here in the U.S., to file their trademarks. Um, so that, that is just sort of something we've been trying to keep an eye on, uh, because that would be another way to sort of hide the ball here. But we haven't uh, been able to uncover anything. That's, um, that sounds like a pretty fun activity if you're going to be indoors a little bit over the 4th of July. I, I'd encourage our <laughs> listeners to do that for sure. I know they want to know the team names, Josh. And uh, the XFL is apparently doing a great job of keeping those under wraps until the big reveal, I guess. They are, because I get questions all the time. Hey, Josh, and, you know, obviously we're doing a lot of uh, sports-related trademark posts, and everybody's been asking me what I'm seeing, and I keep saying, you know, we've been looking. Trust me, we know there's a lot of interest here and haven't seen anything. Um, the other thing, the only other thing I'll, I'll, I'll put out there for your listeners is that we actually put something out about a month or so ago. Uh, the XFL is pursuing a trademark on He Hate Me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that, to me, is, is sort of an interesting thing. Obviously, there was a, some, some rather sad news about Rod Smart and, and the other week um, that came out. But the XFL has been moving forward trying to protect that, that name, I think, just because it's been so ubiquitous with the league over the years. And that is a pending application they have as well for a trademark. Well, let's hope he also gets a bronze statue somewhere as well. He deserves it being the icon of the league that he is. Uh, Josh Gerben, thanks so much, man. We appreciate all the insight into the world of trademark law because in you know the league building process, this is an important part of it, and we wanted to give fans kind of an explanation of why the team names are taking so long and what's the process behind uh, picking those names, and I think he really helped us out a lot, man. So happy 4th of July to you, and we'll talk to you down the road. Thank you so much. Happy 4th to you as well.
I'm Commissioner Oliver Luck, and you're listening to This is the XFL. Show! And what a show that was by lawyer Josh Gerben. Bryant, now I understand a little bit more about the trademark process, and I pretty much understand that the XFL is killing it when it comes to keeping this tight-lipped. I can't. If anybody would have been able to find this stuff, a leak or some sort of information, it'd be a trademark lawyer like Josh Gerben, and he doesn't really have that much information other than the five Seattle team names. Yeah, it's almost like they, they threw out out the bait to see what they could hook and see how creative or not creative they had to be with these uh, uh, these copyright, I'm sorry, these trademark proceedings. Uh, he he. This is where my eyes opened up a little bit. The XFL, um, how do I put this? There are a lot of team names that people thought that were maybe not available to them that might be because there were there was a clause in all this that says that uh, people have to use even though you have a trademark you have to show proof of use or something along those lines excuse me i don't remember the exact phrase that he used so a team name like the st louis stallions who was trademarked by um the nfl 30 years ago might still be able to use because who based on the length that it takes to get a, a trademark maybe never got completed never got used um, they're not using it today, so it might be something that um, people uh, m- m- maybe they'll, they'll they'll open up a little bit about. Hey, yeah, Tampa Bay Bandits, you know, twenty years ago, whenever this league was around, thirty years ago, yeah, though that was a great team name. Too bad we can't use it now. Well, unless they're not using it, maybe maybe it is something they XFL, or they can just buy it, and they're and they're well, keeping so tight lipped about it. I love it. Yeah, and they could just buy it straight up, like he said. And the really interesting thing I think I took from him also was the uh, gamesmanship or the misinformation and and to throw people off the scent, uh, you know, tactics that you might do because these are big announcements. Everybody knows that the team identities are going to be huge for the league, the franchises, and and everything moving forward. It's your brand. And the five trademark Seattle team names might just be a swerve, uh, for lack of a better phrase, right? It just might be five team names trademarked for that exact purpose to make us all go oh those might those one of those is going to be the team name but just completely throw us off the scent and surprise us with something else like sasquatches maybe that's why at the end of it talking to josh gerbin the <laughs> trademark lawyer i still have hope for seattle sasquatches bryant alan i hope and this is me as a friend talking to you that you're not your disappointment level is very low when you realize that that is not going to be the name of the Seattle team. Um, it's going to be uh, tremendous. It's going to be. I'm going to be very devastated if it's not. But <laughs> LA Extreme would make up for it. No, I. I don't. Either way, I'm going to have a ton of fun. I can't wait for the. Like I said, the reaction part to the team names is going to be better than the speculation, which we've had a lot of fun now with. I'd say for a good part of a year. Talking and guessing team names every other show. It feels like. I mean, this is this is a huge, huge, uh, huge topic for anybody following the XFL or just keeping an eye on the league in the lead up to 2020. And that they're coming soon. They are, but for now, um, they're doing a hell of a job keeping us off the scent, which I like because I want to com- be completely surprised when these get announced. Bryant, I don't know about you. Well, Alan, these team these team cities are only seven months old. I would say about five months of that have been. What are the team names going to be? Um, so definitely, I think that. But I, I want to be surprised. I don't want to get leaked. It would be great to see like a good you know press conference or something like that, or a huge commercial. I, t- I gave you some ideas of when they could announce this a couple days ago. That'd make it kind of cool. Oh, you um, texted way me the ESPYS. Yeah, <laughs> during the ESPYS, uh, you know why not? If you got the entire nation of, of sports fanatics watching the ESPYS, it's the only day that a professional sports is played. Why not have that day be the day that you actually um, announce your team names? It would be smart. You're, you're partnering with ESPN. It could be a good thing. Either way, I want it to be announced in a in a more uh, glamorous way. I don't want uh, you know uh, some random. Um, journalist in in st louis to to leak out what they found out the team name would be yeah yeah and hopefully not just you know tweeted out youtube videos either although those those will want those but i i do want some sort of event that would be cool ideally we'll see what the league comes up with what they do with it but seems to be a really big deal to all the fans keeping an eye on it so maybe you give them something there in terms of a spectacle or like you said glamorous we'll see um 
the team names issue, man. We've covered it completely here in this week's cover too, and now we just get to wait some more. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Before we get to this week's hot read, Bryant, uh, I do want to let everyone know that we do have a pro wrestling podcast, Long Allen Ice Tea, A Man Called Wired, as we are known on that show. And this week, I think we have plenty to discuss when it comes to two huge names that will be joining the WWE backstage. Brainiacs, it is I, a man called Wired. Yes, it's almost like it's 1999 all over again. Eric Bischoff, the leader of SmackDown. Paul Heyman, the leader of Monday Night Raw. It's happening. And who knows, uh, tons of things happened this week that we haven't seen since the late 90s. It was a fireworks galore. Alan, it seems like we haven't seen those in forever long, Alan. So I'm hyped up for pro wrestling again. How about you? I've never not been, and I am even more so (laughs) because the summer is getting hot. And each day it's getting hotter. Not only do we have all that explosions in WWE, but we've got the fight for the fallen coming in all elite wrestling and the G1 Climax starting in Dallas, Texas. I know our New Japan wrestling fans cannot wait for that. So we're going to cover it all as we always do on BBR. That's Brainbuster Radio. Follow us at the Brainbusters on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram Junior, and Facebook. And subscribe to the podcast on any podcast gimmick. It's Brain Buster Radio. We'll see you this weekend, Brainiacs. And now if you're ready, Bryant, now that we've covered all the team names, I think for the rest of the show, after each play, we stop the clock. If you are good with that rule. I'm changing the rules up a little bit. I'm trying to reimagine the podcast a little here at the end. <laughs> a good crisp podcast is a lot crisp of football. Yeah. as long as that could be as long as that could be achieved let's do this let's do this the right way we are going to talk about some innovations the xfl is going to be making for the final two minutes of each half it's an amazing bit of information that came out this week that we must discuss in this week's hot read blue 58 blue 58 go hey rick flair rick flair Pepper, Clip, Caliber, Motown, Happy, Jolly, Drunk, Buster, Burr, Tiger, and he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. We need What if I were to tell you the XFL is going to stop the play clock after every play? No matter what, in the final two minutes of the second quarter and the fourth quarter. Would you think that's crazy? Because, well, whether you do or not, it sounds like the league's going to be doing it. The league will be stopping the clock after every play in the final two minutes of each half. Repeat. No running clock in the final two minutes of the second and fourth quarter in the XFL. Oliver Luck Bryant is calling it the comeback period. Oh my goodness, I'd say a mini bombshell dropped by the league this week. Is the play over? Can I continue now? Okay, cool. The next the next play is going on. Alan, this is huge. <laughs> I think this is the biggest thing I've seen in football in a very long time, and I honestly mean that, because games aren't over anymore when you get to those two minutes and you have to stop them on first down anymore. I mean, you're talking about a five-second five play now uh, no longer takes 40 seconds. It takes five seconds. So what does that equal out to in, in, in a total of two minutes? I mean, that's five times, do, 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 do the math, five times, do, 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 do. I don't know, what, like 60 plays? Something like that. I don't know how many plays this is, but this is a huge amount of plays in that short amount of time that actually makes this game even more exciting. The only thing that I worry about, Alan, is that honestly, um, it's 24, by the way, the only thing that makes this, um, you know, worried about a little bit is that doesn't make the rest of the game not that important. It, it it's yeah. This isn't going to change the rest of the game. This is going to make the ends of games exciting. The only issue I might have with it is it takes, I think, a lot of what goes into being a, a head coach live in a game out of the equation. The you know hoarding and manipulation and planning of what you do with timeouts is a big part of being a head coach. Uh, you really don't have to worry about that in the XFL now if you're one of the eight head coaches. You don't need any timeouts at the end of the game because whether it's an incomplete pass, a run, a completed pass, whatever, the clock's stopping. 
you don't need those timeouts anymore. That is a huge change to the ends of football games. And I'm trying to fathom what this will look like when we get there because you'll want every team to have a chance. This means no kneel downs now. But could this also, Bryant, not only taking away the, the strategy of being a head coach, could it also drag on the ends of halves and, and games a little bit going with the comeback period? Now, do you think you should have you should institute some sort of like mercy rule type of thing where if the if the team is now within you know two touchdowns or two scores that we are going to have a running clock or something like that? Mm, no, I don't, so. I don't like caveats. I think no, if you're right? going to go with the comeback yeah, period, well, well, if you think go about with it, Alan, yeah, if if you do three plays at five seconds apiece, let's say twenty seconds, you run off the clock as an offensive team that's winning the game at that moment in time and then the other team scores in you know 30 seconds because that's six plays then you have to do it all over again that's 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 the, the two minutes could last forever which is a little worrisome as well but still uh it's keeping the games competitive it's going to keep people interested in what's about to happen no score uh in the xfl is safe i think that makes the games even more interesting yeah. as well i love this comeback period i also like how they're naming everything certain things you know like the um, the walk off touchdown the comeback yes. period the shootout you know I love how they're just giving these like names to these uh, innovations that they're providing to the game it's actually really cool oh I want cool, I definitely want there cool are graphics some aspects I, def- I definitely want cool graphics on the screen when it's comeback period time maybe even a big voice guy this is the comeback period 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 well, the, the, NHL, the, the, the NHL instituted something new this year which is the final five minutes brought to you by whoever I would love like just a big boom comeback period thing to slap across the screen uh, brought to you by Snickers and then the comeback period begins at the last two minutes that'd be pretty cool uh, you know Oliver Luck said you know we're trying to get rid of the dead the dead plays right that's it's the quality plays. of the play I think that's something t- that's something that in my interview with um, Coach Moss a couple of weeks ago back when I was in L.A., he said they're trying to get rid of the dead plays. He didn't really go into more details. I'm sure he knew about this happening. But he want, they want to get rid of the dead plays. The dead plays in football are what's slowing the game down. And so it's kind of nice to see that these types of things um, are what the XFL is actually thinking about. And you know what? It, it's something different. And you have to be different. You can't just be a different version of the – I mean, the same version of the NFL with – with not so good players. You have to be different for people to actually enjoy your games. And this is something that I think is monumental and huge for the XFL. Now, I saw this uh, news in the Tampa Bay Times article by Thomas Basinger. Bassinger. Sorry if I butchered your name, Thomas. You killed it, though, with this with this info. And he talked to Oliver Luck during the Tampa showcase. And Oliver Luck said, quote, what you just said, Bryant. We didn't want a team to be able to have three downs where they just kneel and burn off a minute 40. A kneel down as a quarterback, I loved it, he said. Uh, but it's also a nothing play. Those dead plays they want to get rid of. And it totally makes sense. It, I am worried about the strategy of a coach needing to utilize timeouts properly going away in the XFL. But I think I'm fine with it. Overall, I like this idea because the best thing is, like you said... No lead is safe. You got to play to the bitter end in the XFL. How cool is that? So overall, I do like the concept of the comeback period. And anytime you brand something like that, you said it. Brought to you by Snickers. There's all sorts of stuff you could do that in terms of monetizing it for the league, which you got to think of as a business. But it's an exciting time. Can you, and imagine, imagine. It's not. It's it's also a comeback period. Is not making it easier to come back in a game. Completely, you still got to go out there and execute as a team. Hell, the comeback period could could turn into the mud hole stomping period because now the team with the lead is still going to be trying to score. So you still got to go out there and score, but it is giving you opportunity as the team that might be behind. And imagine though, a team does come from behind, a crazy thirty point comeback or something in the final two minutes, and that goes into the innovative shootout overtime. I mean. You've got some of the most exciting television I could think of when you talk about a football game that ends that way. Uh, Alan, this is going to drive people in Vegas nuts because I don't know how they're going to be able to do over-unders and, and spreads and, and all these things. And, and it, it just makes it very interesting for so many different aspects of football in general, this comeback period. It opens up the field for the defense, for the, the trailing team. Right? They don't have to just hug the sidelines or 
or anything like that, or rush up to a line to get a playoff, anything like that. It's 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 going to be a very different style of football in the last two minutes of a game, and, I, and I'm quite excited to actually see it happen. Oh, and I wish... I mean, we, we could talk this, too, but I'd love to hear what Vince thinks of this, too. Is this going to get... Does this make the prevent defense defunct? Like, you are you ever going to run a prevent defense in a comeback period? Like you said, they don't have to hug the sidelines. The playbook is basically the same. Because the, as the beginning of the game, it, it kind of negates it, right? The the step keeping a bunch of defensive backs way there in the backfield because you don't want to give up any kind of first downs in the comeback period. You want the, the ball. Plays, the running plays, yep, the running plays are still in fair game. If you're going to run for six yards and the ball and the clock stops, why wouldn't you still run the football? Ooh. Those are key things that are still going to happen in the comeback period that you can't just assume that that's not going to happen. You know, well, nowadays you can assume that the team's not going to run the football. I don't think that's safe anymore with this comeback period because you got to keep everybody on their toes. Do you sacrifice five seconds to make sure the corners stay up so that you can beat them one-on-one on the next play? That's the way you got to think about it. And I think that's the way the XFL approached this. And just ways to give their teams more of an opportunity to keep people engaged in the games, teams and fans. And this is what that does. And infinite possibilities on the field for the coaches, the players. But now also think about the fantasy ramifications of a comeback period, Bryant. I I think running back's the way to go in the XFL fantasy if you're playing that. Because they're going to be able to rack up yards at the ends of games even if their team's winning, like you said. It, t- it changes everything, this concept everything. of no, yeah. no running no. clock in the final two minutes. And you could have... You know, a good 24 to, to 40 plays in the last two minutes of an entire game. And, and that's just extra plays for your fantasy. Like I said, it, this changes the way you look at football in so many different ways. That I think the XFL, with such a slight change, really changed the way football is going to be played come 2020. And, you know, we haven't heard, we, we heard Oliver Luck talk about this. So this is from the Tampa Bay Times article. Let's hope this makes it into the official real rule book. I think if you like this concept like we do... Um, I, I, I thought about that for a good while, Brian, right up until the start of the show, the, the idea that really coaches and strategizing their timeouts and making sure they use those properly, that goes away. I'm fine with it. Really a, a part of football that angers you sometimes as a fan, gets you mad at a coach, um, makes things easier on the coaches as well. Uh, I'm fine with that going away for this concept. Very cool. Um, so let's hope that makes it in the rule book. Also, let's hope that the league – is it ready because they've got some big, big dates coming up, man. I mean, in, in addition to the Tampa Bay Times article, an awesome article on The Athletic, or in The Athletic, what came out that we all read uh, from Greg Allman, uh, who, who was in Tampa for the showcase, got some good stuff out of Oliver Luck. Uh, the second week of October, when the draft is held, is going to be a snake-style draft. It was revealed in this article, much like your any fantasy draft usually to avoid a competitive advantage for certain teams at the top at the beginning. That's that's some good info. Um, I mean, that makes sense, right? The, the, in all all's fair in the draft that way, correct? You you don't want this to be same order every round, did you? I no, I do not want the same order everyone. Snake draft is the way to go, but I want to know. We have to talk. We have to have a full draft episode too. But I want draft picks to be tradable. Oh, beforehand. Beforehand, when you select the first player in the, in the draft and somebody else wants them and they want to give you their first and their second, let them do it. That's what I want. But we'll move on. I, I'm so all I for that. Talk Ten I, hours I, about that. Yeah, me too. I'm, I, I'm, you're <laughs> getting me to think how. You want your teams to be customizable, and so you should open up trades. You're right. I like that. Um, yeah. Also in this this athletic article, um, the waves of player signings basically was uh, highlighted, and obviously we have the wave of player signings coming up with wave one after the showcases end, and a lot of these guys will be thrown into the pool. We've been told 200 to 300, 350 players from the showcases will be put into the draft pool, and then. We have that August 31st date, Brian. NFL NFL cuts 90 to 53, and that opens it up for more players to enter the draft pool. And then we're going to have that final uh, wave that, that Oliver Luck has alluded to, especially he, he I think he t- said it a couple weeks ago. He even brought up the name Keith Reeser, who played for the Apollos in the AAF, talking about players who are practice squad guys in the NFL who bet on themselves to go get tape and playing time instead of sitting on a practice squad. Keith Reeser did that with Orlando, and now he's back with the Chiefs 
and he basically banked two hundred thousand extra dollars or something, uh, and has you know signed a deal with the Chiefs instead of just being on a practice squad. So uh, he says those type of players are going to be out there about a hundred or so in January when the season's over in the NFL. That third wave, right before XFL kickoff is going to be a bunch of players leaving NFL teams and either signing to be on practice squads or taking the chance at the XFL. And I like how Oliver Luck put it in this article. Uh, we can get either 100 of those guys or none of them. They don't really know quite yet, but that third wave is going to be really interesting because it's right before kickoff in January, a month out. That's going to be interesting how those players get assigned to teams and things like that. That's, that's a very... Um fine line yeah when that window opens right because it is a you're going to be in training camp in january you definitely want those players there for training camp you don't want them there showing up after it'll be interesting to see if they can um sign these players beforehand for that third wave or are they going to let them trickle in slowly does that affect the the competitive balance does that affect the quality of the play if you have players walking in at the very last minute not really knowing what's going on uh be interesting decision for the xfl to take on that uh but the snake draft definitely is the way to go second wave of players um, you know, August 31st, that's when the cuts happen. Uh, it's going to be, like I said, the, the, the calendar is still about, so what do we technically see? We have August, September, October, November, December, January. February. We're about we seven months away from kickoff. Yeah, kickoff. three months out from a draft. Yeah, and it, that seven months is tightening up every mm-hmm. single second, right? Because you have so many things that need to happen before then. This, this showcase that's coming up on Saturday is going to be done. It's going to be over with. St. Louis is done. You're going to start signing players, and then you need to get your rule book in, right? That's the next step, I would think, for the XFL, because then you're going to have even more players coming in, and you need to focus on assigning those uh, to, to to teams and how the draft order is going to work. Is it going to be a random you know, lottery pick? How, how's all that going to work? Who knows? Uh, either way. Arm wrestling uh, contest. Oliver Luck and team. <laughs> uh, scrambles. Uh, either way, Oliver Luck is going to having a very busy summer and fall the rest of his uh, staff as well um man just i can't even put my my head is going to explode with all the things that need to happen and people are worried about team names yep i mean that's going to be fun too but as someone who loves the draft the nfl draft i mean this is like the all think of this road to 2020 is really the ultimate offseason if the NFL ever had something like this because it's essentially what happened to the NFL over the course of a, of a couple months we're getting for the next seven months plus when it comes to if you're especially if you're a draft junkie but not nope not the pomp and circumstance of the NFL draft obviously but the process the evaluating the talent hype the team building the planning g- going on in getting ready for a season is so exciting for not just the people involved with the teams but fans because that means when when you're planning for a season that means everybody's zero and zero there's hope there's hope for each fan base and of course hope for the league as a whole it's very exciting and it's going to be plentiful for the next seven months the amount of hope and i just cannot wait i cannot wait for, for that draft now in the second week of October and, and when teams have players because, Brian, you know, in just a few weeks, I think, we're going to have players in the league signed. I, I mean, it's, I assume so once these showcases are done, that process gets going. So like you said, uh, I, I guess any kind of lull that Oliver Luck and Team XFL had, you know, on this building of the league, this road to 2020, all lulls are gone. It's a thousand miles an hour until February, as far as I'm concerned. From here on out. Yeah, and and the other thing too you got to remember is is when you have players like Keith Breezer who are going to be willing to bet on themselves, like he did with the AAF. This is going to make the league and the quality of the play better. It's so many different things to think about. Alan, for geeks like us, the draft is can't come soon enough. I'm so excited to do something for that. Uh, for the show, just to watch as a fan, everything in, in, that you can think of. I know Vince is there. Jake mm, might be still waiting for that rule book, probably more than anything. <laughs> but uh, either way, we are all hyped. High speed. Is that still a thing? No one I'm, says that. LIT anymore. as well. Yeah. No one yeah, says yeah, that anymore. Lit. No, you say lit. You say lit. That's cool. <laughs> I can say lit. Okay. The summer's going to say be whatever lit. you want, um, man. As long as you are enthusiastic <laughs> for 2020. And I know you are. I know Jake and Vince are. We, I know all of our awesome listeners are because uh, they subscribe to the show. They're telling their friends. They're getting them on board. You know, if you're out there and you're explaining the XFL to someone and they say, yeah, but what are the team names? Don't dismiss them. Bring them in. Tell them 
tell them what you've heard on our show now and say just be patient because those are coming out and when they do it's going to be really fun to talk about and not to mention everything else going on if you're a football junkie obviously the draft process is fascinating and if you need all of this constantly and as much of it as possible that's where patreon comes into play uh, where we cover it i feel like this week brian we literally did uh if we weren't posting something every day we're at least working on something to post to the patreon and to the main feed all week long it's becoming non-stop and it's getting bigger and better because we're getting closer to kickoff february so go check it out patreon.com slash this is the xfl show follow us at xfl show on twitter instagram and facebook and you got anything left, Bryant? Because I'm ready to go eat leftover hamburgers and hot dogs and try to explain to uh, the people I'm hanging out with over the weekend that team names are great, but what about this draft process? The comeback period. Alan, I will just throw out our YouTube channel as well, uh, youtube.com slash this is the XFL show. Become a subscriber. You'll get a lot of awesome content. We also pull the interviews from these shows and actually post them there individually. So if you wanted to re-listen to what Oliver Luck had to say to Alan while he was on the field in New York, you can see that without actually having to listen to the whole show all over again. So check that out. Become a subscriber. Don't forget about that. And, and Alan, what is a work holiday? I don't even know what those are anymore, man. I'm sure Oliver Luck doesn't. No, there's no such thing, especially if you're on this road to 2020. There is no stopping. So let's get at it some more. Um, now we got to get Pick Vincent Jake's brain about the comeback period because I don't even know if they've heard about this. You and I haven't talked to them over the holidays, sure. so that's going to be fun. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun coming up next week as well, uh, getting ready for the St. Louis Summer Showcase. So uh, get ready because players will be signed pretty darn soon and what we'll have a lot to talk about as always for bryant i'm alan thank you for listening this is the xfl show remember please do remember they're listening